Hey everyone, welcome to Short and Sweetness, the Jimmy Eat Pod segment that is over before you know it. I am James, your host, and we are talking about the very long, very <laughs> excellent Goodbye Sky Harbor. This one is going to be a little bit different, but because the internet is so fast moving, uh, it's different than I thought it was going to be. So, we're still going to do what I, what I had planned, which was a journey through my understanding of this song. When I first heard it back in probably 2002, two maybe 2003 i thought wow cool long song very cool very you know hypnotic <laughs> sort of like incubus's aqueous transmissions from the end of their album morning view it's a great song you should check it out the title goodbye sky harbor i was like oh okay arizona sky harbor airport cool so they're like taking off this is their album i described this album uh clarity to my dad as if you were into the band before they were gigantic you probably think this is their best album. <laughs> Possibly you don't, but I have met many people who are like, Clarity, 100% all the way. So they were sort of taking off, getting, you know, the next album would be a huge pop success, all this stuff. So taking off, airports, all that stuff. I've recently, in the past couple of years, uh, really gotten into the Wonder Years, and they have um, some lyrics from their song Solo and Chewy Holding It Down. Um, this is one of the verses. This ride from Eric's house has been fucking up my shit because we stayed to watch the, the week's new office and now it's 12 a.m. in the dirty south. You know we must be bored of this because we're stealing from gas stations and talking about how Arizona's airport is called Sky Harbor. I wonder if that's what the last song on Clarity is about. So the interpretation that this that these characters have is just like mine was. That it was like, yeah, it's the airport near where they're from. That makes sense. Then I found on the Genius page someone talking about how it was about you know, someone leaving Jim Adkins's life. And so, like, he was saying goodbye to them at Sky Harbor as their plane took off and whatever. And then I did a little more deep diving and found a very interesting thing on the Genius page, uh, sort of somewhere down in the About section, or, or I'm not sure where it was. Um, and it was this quote. Adkins said that he always wanted to work the books he was reading into his lyrics. The song's lyrics were based on John, John Irving's novel A Prayer for Owen Meany. Zach also said the lyrics are inspired by the John Irving novel A Prayer for Owen Meany. Jim says, Anthrax always had a Stephen King song. I thought, why not try going with something I was reading? So that was a revelation to me, and I listened to it again, and oh my god, it is about Owen Meany. A Prayer for Owen Meany is a very, very good book. Signs, that Mel Gibson movie, is very similar philosophically, I think, to A Prayer for Owen Meany. Um, everything happens for a reason sort of stuff. There's lots of uh, airports and planes taking off and, and all sorts of stuff. But then you get into the lyrics, and the lyrics are quotes from the book, which is absolutely wild. So I, I had this whole thing about how I started off linking it with Wonder Years, and I'm going to end up linking it with Lagwagon, who the very year before had released their album Let's Talk About Feelings, which ends with a song called Owen Meany, which is just about the the book too and i think that's very interesting that in the late 90s these bands were thinking about this book from the late 80s but now the genius page is entirely about owen meany and all of the interpretations are about oh this is from the book and this is from the book and this is from the book and it's so wild because i did this research back in june i'm recording this at the end of august and in this summer people have been like oh yeah i see that and that and that and that and that <laughs> so my breakthrough is Less of a breakthrough. I mean, it wasn't a breakthrough because it was from an interview from who knows when. But now I can't even find the thing that I saw before, <laughs> which was about, you know, oh, this, you know, this Jim's love is flying away or the character's love is flying away. So, yeah, I don't know. I will say also that uh, one more song that, that this uh, 
that is linked to this song is the last song on Knuckle Puck's album Copacetic. It's called Untitled, and they deliberately wrote it to sort of in tribute to Goodbye Sky Harbor. Uh, I didn't know that, and then when I knew that, listening to that song, I was like, ah, how could I not have realized that? That's clearly what they're doing here. So that's going to do it for me for Short and Sweetness. Thank you very much for listening, and happy 100th episode to Jimmy Eat Pod. Yay! Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. And then here we go with our <laughs> from uh, from days past. Check. Check. One. Two. <laughs> Sick. We get the whole enchilada, David. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, shit, did I only upload, like, a test file? It's almost like your eyelids are stopping. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, the memories. (laughs) Check. Oh, yeah, I think you might be a little far. Is this the beginning of uh, Sublime? We need to get, yeah, intimate. A bad fish? I mean, I suppose I could hold it far away. I just didn't really check it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, It's a wind noise? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't even hear it. Yeah, you can barely tell. Like, these are pretty directional, and I can barely tell that. I mean, you could tell we're somewhere, but, like, yeah. <laughs> Applesby? We sure are somewhere. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, live from beautiful Chatsworth, California at Applesby, here we are celebrating our 100th episode. Justin, what, do you have anything you want to say to the people? Uh, aside from feeling fabulous, I'm excited to be here. We've got a lot of friends, yeah. uh, patrons, people that we know, people that have supported us here, and I'm feeling good. How are you feeling, man? I'm doing well. Uh, I am recording. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, Man, 100 episodes in, uh, I almost feel like, uh, uh, I feel like, you know, we went to Seattle, right? We did. Well, I went on a trip. You were there? Yeah. (laughs) We didn't go, but I felt like I was with all the videos and the pictures you were sharing with me. My favorite thing was uh, the boats, right? I was very excited about being being on a boat, right? Uh And and it got me thinking, like, people always say, if you want to, like, lose all your money, you buy a boat. Right, right. You got to yeah. keep it. What are the docked two, at the two marina? finest days in a boat owner's life: the, the day they buy it and the day that they sell it. That's right? that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, it makes you think that uh, the hard the hard part, the expensive part, is uh, upkeep and storing the boat down in the marina, right? Right. But you know, uh, Mark Hoppus was recently diagnosed with cancer, which was a bummer for sure. But his wife, to cheer him up, had taken him on a boat. The song "Wendy Clear" is about a boat. Uh, that Mark had owned at the time. And uh, uh, to sort of make him feel better, not only did she buy the boat, she bought the marina, where it the goes. The whole marina? The whole marina, because in the long run, they'll make income from all the other people keeping their boats down in the marina. And it made me think that was a good buy, Sky Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this is Jimmy E. Pie. Awesome. Oh, man.
Oh, what a such night. Such good memories. Oh, that was such a great night. Yes. So there it is. Our cold open. Justin, here we are at 100 episodes uh, and just surpassed my 10th wedding anniversary uh, this week, this past week. Um, and uh, and uh, it, everything's culminating. New beginnings. Isn't it? It feels like it. <laughs> yeah. there, there's so many new things with... Uh, with school years and uh, yeah, new opportunities in life, yeah. and then your tenth anniversaries, hundredth yeah, episodes, hundredth episode, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, which is wild to think. Uh, looking at it, I remember looking at your spreadsheet uh, the day that you and I were. You grabbed, uh, I think you exported your iTunes list, mm. and then you you brought it into. Yeah, right? is that how it worked? I, yeah, you I think I imported into, the XML into uh, yep. an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Yep. Into, into sheets and you did some magic work to it and organized a bit of it and I thought wow this is a lot of work and you know what man uh it's aside from going into certain episodes where I feel I still feel nervous I still feel intimidated on the size of like the the length of uh some of these big ones and then there's the ones where I feel like are we gonna have enough to talk about but still it's never felt like work uh it's it's been fun for me you know it's it's something I look forward to on Monday evenings and um, uh, even if we've we've done it on different nights, like when we've switched things up, but it's just been such a, a fun adventure. And we're at 100. I looked, I was, I went back to look at when our uh, episode one opener was released, and that was October 18th. October, yeah, uh, yeah, 2019. It was yeah, the man. day so, surviving came out. Yeah, yeah, which is wild to think. So, man, two years, two years, and we're at episode 100. And I feel I. I you know, looking back at the at the spreadsheet, I want to say that even with a new album, we'll be hitting around the 200 episode mark. Yeah, and I know that you and I are, are the only ones that are privy to the the final episode, which which could change. But uh, I've I've gone through in my head, David, in the car listening to that song, how I'm gonna <laughs> play it, and it's like I'm gonna be a wreck if I <laughs> when I do that oh, episode. Yeah. You know, getting to that point, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, here we are at 100. Uh, and also wanted to mention, thanks to to Linux, man, this afternoon had posted in the general chat on the Discord. First puts a nice uh, gif of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan uh, doing the excellent little guitar lick. All, as the unofficial Jimmy E. Pod hype guy, I wanted to tell all the listeners here that there's a big episode getting recorded soon. If you have a moment today to call 484-JE-POD and wish the podcast team luck as they enter triple digits, whether you listen to just a few episodes or you've listened to all the episodes, our patron delving deep into the side projects uh, and have found the secret episode, I know that Justin and David would find it most excellent if this community could wish them luck on recording episode 100. So very nice for him to say that. And then Angela uh, tagged everyone in there. And then from there, we got um, several more voicemails to add to the list that we're going to go through in just a moment. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I was I was, I was going to tell you that I was, I've been sitting here like ramping myself up, getting ready for this episode. And, you know, I, the, the closest thing I can describe it is in elementary school, when you're getting like, let's say one day or a couple of days before a huge break, like if it's going to be. I don't know, a winter break or if you're going to go on summer break and the teacher just wheels in the TV cart and like <laughs> yeah. one half of the Strap room is watching. <laughs> uh, yeah, watching Bill Nye, the science guy. There's a group of people playing Magic, the gathering over on the other side. And just 
There's so it's just it seems so free Oregon Trail and, on the computer. <laughs> yes, like oh boot them up. Yeah, play Oregon Trail, play a, a Magic Castle, all these other games. Um it's it, it it feels like that to me today with this episode does, 100 yeah. like we're just Are we going to crack we're, open we're really, the, earth, the earthquake kits and like eat <laughs> eat the peaches? Yeah, get yeah, the MREs like yeah. just go ahead. We're going to have to throw them away at the end of summer exactly. anyway. Go ahead, crack them open. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so with uh, with with the messages that people have sent in today, we have six hundred oh. e- voicemails. No, <laughs> six <laughs> six voicemails. <laughs> oh man, that we're gonna go through. Um, and, and speaking of which, did you want to go through them? I was gonna Please. randomize them. Uh, I okay. have no order. Okay, go ahead. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, I don't know who's these these numbers are. I'm gonna click on them and click play. All right. All right, and I go. haven't listened to any yet. Neither have I. Okay, all of these are un- unread. All all I see in the front is "Hey David" or "Hey Justin." Sick. Hey guys, this is Kimberly from the Discord. I just wanted to call and say congratulations on the hundredth episode. Um, and I figured we could do a little digital toast. Uh, I did go to the meetup at Applebee's, um, and I realized we forgot to do the Applebee's toast. Uh, so to give your oh listeners a little background, um, <laughs> my friend Jason, like 20 years ago in high school, he, uh, he and his buddies were at an Applebee's and each page of the menu had these corny phrases. So what they did is they put them together for a toast. And for the last 20 years, they've been saying this toast at that time. I'm sure they were toasting some Mountain Dew, but you know, now as we're all in our thirties, uh, we'll use this toast to beer. So I would like to give you guys a little toast for your hundredth episode by reading the, uh, Applebee's menu toast. <laughs> to hanging out with friends and always having a reason to celebrate. To drinking what you like with people you like and lifting your glasses high and your spirit higher. To living life to the fullest flavor. To good drinks, good friends, and good times. So, uh, congratulations, guys. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's so poignant that that toast. <laughs> I know, and I can remember that exact menu, That's too. so good. I thought, when I saw it, I thought, this is so corny. But that's all they did. Every every quarter they would or season they would do a new uh, series, and it was like, yeah, it's like corn balls came out. Amazing. <laughs> thank oh, you. Oh, thank you, Kimberly. Okay. All right. I'm gonna. I'm moving my mouse again. Tell me when. Now. Okay. Here we go. It's Kim again. <laughs> hey, Justin and David. This is friend of the pod, Jed or Linux. Yeah. Wanted to call at the last possible minute to wish you a happy 100th episode. It's a beautiful summer evening here in Colorado, just walking around. And thought I would share with you that I'm listening to the latest episode. So be excellent to each other, and here's to triple digits, y'all. Congratulations. Yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> to triple digits. Yeah, this is great. I feel like I want somebody to sign my yearbook. Yeah, right? Okay, I'm going to do the bottommost one now. Yeah. So this is the this is the earliest submission. Uh it's dated August 10th. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> I am so happy for you guys that you guys are going to be putting out your 100th episode. I feel like it was just yesterday when I was listening to like episode 46. I turned to my wife and I was like, "What is Justin and David going to be doing when they cover all the Jimmy <laughs> World songs?" And obviously she rolled her eyes and walked away, but <laughs> It was Justin, I think, that asked Jim Adkins where he sees himself in the music industry in the next 30 years. So I'll ask you guys where you see yourself in the podcast industry in three years. I mean, your insight to the lyrics 
and all of the research that you guys do to find out what makes a song um, you know, so complicated um, and how it has like a huge impact on your life and whether you enjoyed certain aspects of it. It's really inspiring, and it's also really cool coming from two musicians to hear your guys' appreciation and your thoughts of chord progressions or different beat patterns is really awesome to hear. I mean, as the drummer of No Memory, I can relate to your enthusiasm, <laughs> how impressed you are with certain aspects of the songs, or how well someone does in like a fan cover, whether it's a uke or a nightcore or another Coosty Boy. I love it, guys. Um, you make me want to look up the clips on YouTube and find out what you guys were laughing about in the background. Um, it really gets me going when I'm listening to it on uh, at home. And I love the profile names that you guys are reading off and some of these users. I think it was my favorite one was uh, Urinal Fingers 58 or something like that, <laughs> something crazy. Uh, it was great hearing a can open up in the background because I know you guys are opening up beer or when you guys had the, um, when you guys did the beer tasting with Jed, I'm like, dude, these guys get me. Our weakness is the same. We need poison sometimes. Well, <laughs> I'm kind of ranting, but I honestly wanted to tell you guys, <laughs> I love what you guys are doing. and We're all so proud of you and this journey that we get to go on together. So, again, thank you so much for being excellent to your listeners and letting us party on with you, dude. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That was beautiful. So well said. Oh. Mr. Eric. I have to oh, do an episode after this? <laughs> <laughs> this is all right this is our attempt at making this the longest episode so. uh, yeah right four and a half five hours minimum uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could drive home from oh. phoenix while listening yes <laughs> all right we're gonna do we're gonna go from the middle out now here we go okay sick hey guys it's angela from discord just want to say Yay. congratulations on 100 episodes would there be 100 more or maybe even 555 more. Oh, my God. Peace. <laughs> yeah, let's 555. Just, let's actually just keep doing the same songs over and over again until we hit 555. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's the sweet spot. Yep. All right, here we go. Two more. Hello? Oh, <laughs> what? Wow. 100 episodes? That is absolutely crazy. Man, let's go for 100 more. I thought I was going to say, I'm really awkward at this. Um, if you couldn't tell, I'm literally the number one Tumor World fan of all time. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling I know who that is. I don't. Who? Oh, you don't? No. Ah, it's I not, think we've, we've um, listened- it's not, uh, uh, Adam Thomas, Adam Heap, because... No, it's not. No, he's a, he's a, he's a fellow that I believe lives in our area that was at the meetup. Oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. And the, the, the most recent edition, I, I put in the discord. I gave the, everyone a grace, grace period of 15 minutes, uh, at nine ten, So five minutes before the cutoff, we got this message here. Hey, David. Hey, Justin. Congrats on 100 episodes. Thanks for having me on the Night Drive episode. Nice. This is Steve, by the way, of Futures Past, Car Simplified, and Steve's Rare Music. I am glad that you had me on, and consider me for the Big Cars episode. Of course. If you don't have anyone else. Yeah. Every time I see that Thanks name, I'm like, me, oh, yeah. And <laughs> here's to 100 more. Well, I guess that depends on how many songs are out by then, but hopefully there'll be that many <laughs> songs. So here's to 100 more. Oh, oh, thank you, Steve. man! 
Yeah, every I time it. I see big cars when we're trying to, oh, yeah. which songs can we do next week? I'm like, oh, uh, it's too, like, I need to give him, I, I can't be like, hey, man, you want to do an interview yeah. today? <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, Steve, Steve's got to be back on for big cars. Um, <sighs> sick. Uh, one thing we didn't answer, I think it was Eric that asked, where do we see ourselves yeah. in three years in the podcast space? I don't know. I'll probably just be checking the metrics on this show. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Seeing, yeah. Um, kind of what you did with your last podcast. I, I'll I'll tell you this. I love the medium because you don't have to dress up. Yeah. Uh, you can record practically anywhere. And from what uh, we've been told in the past, our quality sounds pretty decent. So with the equipment that you and I <laughs> yeah. have, yeah, uh, I see I see myself staying in the space. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be some really weird, obscure podcast that comes next or if it's going to be maybe you and i fall into something that just feels so right like oh this is the next logical step for us yeah let us know 44 j pop yeah <laughs> where do you see us yeah but i, I could see myself staying with this it's just, I, I like the whole uh yeah. the, the whole concept of it from um from working behind a computer at any time of the day to uh to just putting your voice out there on the airwaves yeah man i think uh i think you're a very talented podcaster and uh, and uh, I enjoy doing the show with you every week. I told uh, my therapist that uh, Monday nights are some of my favorite nights uh, because it's like we just get to hang out. I get to kind of forget about everything that's going on. You know exactly. Yeah, um, it's just this. Yeah, for a couple of hours. I'm in it's the middle beautiful. of a huge transition right now, and uh, this was a welcome respite from uh, all of that. So uh, here we are, getting into it. Goodbye, Sky Harbor from Clarity, uh, the Believe in What You Want DVD, live at La Scala, the Sweetness German CD single, 2001 Blister UK CD single, and the iTunes session. It is track 13 of 13 on Clarity. It is uh, the only track on side D of the vinyl pressings of Clarity. Uh, It's track 9 of 12 on the Believe in What You Want DVD in terms of the songs that you hear uh, live. Uh, uh, Live at La Scala, it's track 13. Three of 16 on the UK Blister CD single. Uh, it is track two of three. And finally, on the iTunes sessions, it is four of eight. This was released February 23rd, 1999, produced by Mark Trombino and Jimmy Man. Eat World, uh, recorded at Sound City and Clear Lake Audio, uh, written by Jimmy Eat World. The artist is Jimmy Eat World. Jim is singing this, and we have a crew of folk on this. On the Farfisa organ and B3 organ, you got Jim Atkins. You got Mark Trombino contributing to the percussion. You've got Vibes, vibraphones on this, played by Zach Lynn. Ooh, baby. Uh, Mark Trombino, that percussion is programmed, so uh, he also did tracks two and seven. Uh, Zach also plays bells on this track uh, and drum sets on this track because the outro uh, goes all over the place. And um, finally, why not? It's mixed by Justin Smith and Ron Rivera. Um, Wow. What a team. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Quite the crew. The label for this release was Capitol records, notable high note of a four and G four notable low notes of E three and C sharp three. There is a demo from the clarity demos. It is their 18th most played song um 53 times they played it in 2011 uh it was first played in concert 
according to Setlist FM, March 25th, 1998 at Mr.'s Warehouse, Orlando, Florida. Most recently played at the Ice House in Phoenix, Arizona, February 12th, 2021 for the Phoenix Sessions. And it's got 82,000 Last FM listeners, 379.8 thousand Scrabbles, 34 of which are me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's an A major, 11B Camelot, 135 BPM, 16 minutes and 13 seconds long. <sighs> it's a diggin'. Yeah. Shall we <laughs> jump into the lyrics? Yeah, let's do that. Now, um, I am going to, in my research, there's, like James said, uh, it's interesting that he found that the research that he did in June is different from what he got recently uh, and how how um, how much it changed in that time to where he said everything you look, you read about is, is a prayer for Owen Meany. You're going to hear me saying that a few times as I kind of set this up. Yeah. Um, in my research, I came across a, uh, a listing on pclit.pbworks.com. And the title of this... I guess this section, I guess this would be the categories, Literary Illusions in Popular Music. And the title of this post is called A Prayer for Owen Meany. And in parentheses, it's got a two. So I don't know if this is the second um, or even the third uh, copy of A Prayer for Owen Meany um, that this board had recorded. But this was last edited by Sydney, S-Y-D-N-E-Y, 12 years ago. I felt this one was the most... Um, it was most concise. It was all in one place. It was. It's very simple, um, and it's it's clear. Now, here's what I'm going to try and do. Now, I didn't read the entire book. I didn't read John Irving's A Prayer for Owen Meany in its entirety. I looked at it, and I thought, maybe I can do the audio book. 27 hours. Oh, my God. I might have been able to squish it in if we, you know, since we pushed this an extra week. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. I am going to read it. However, I did go through the spark notes for each individual chapter, which gives you a great overview of what this book is about. You just don't get the the uh, the conversations, the the subtle nuances between these characters, and their uh, you, you get to look more into their characters. So, I, I what I read, and it took me a couple of days to read the spark notes, uh, was what I felt is good. I'm still not gonna I'm not gonna try to give anything away or. Um, spoil the book for anybody there's certain things that i am going to cover that uh that jim picks out the line that he picks out that there's really no way around it um so i'm going to essentially read off of sydney's post from 12 years ago um starts off with az lyrics goodbye sky harbor so they reference the lyrics there and then they title it the jimmy world song goodbye sky harbor and they start off by saying this is a song about a prayer for Owen Meany. There are several direct quotes from the novel that both John, the narrator, and Owen say throughout the course of the novel. It would be really great to use when teaching a prayer for Owen Meany. The song seems to be from the perspective of John mostly, although it slips a bit into Owen's perspective as well. So with that little preface there, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the lyrics. I did annotate my lyrics here that I did grab from Genius. Same. And, okay, and I, I think you had shared in the discord in the in the in the patrons discord a, a link to yours so it looks like you annotated yours very similar to mine so if there's anything i'm missing go ahead and and, and uh jump on it sure okay so we start this off with is tomorrow just a day like all the rest and this is a question that owen asks as he approaches the date he is supposed to die but there are elements from his vision missing 
Uh, and, and the way this works is he is in a production, a play, and he is a very profound actor that draws a lot of attention. And in this performance, he faints after seeing this headstone that has his name and a date on it. And no one really knows what's going on. It just looks like this guy is fainting up on the stage. But he reveals later on that he saw the day that he dies. And so leading up to that date, he's asking himself, is tomorrow just a day like all the rest? Like, is, is tomorrow just another day? Am I going to die tomorrow? Or is tomorrow going to be like yesterday and the day before or last week where I woke up and ate breakfast and went to bed? Uh, then it goes in parentheses here is, how could you know just what you did? Now, this is from John uh, John's perspective, uh, and not John Irving. This is John in, from the the book, which is, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm missing it here. It's uh, John Wheelwright. John Wheelwright is the character that is mainly narrating this. And so he's asking, from John's perspective, asking if Owen knew how influential he had been. Now, this is sort of alluding to how special Owen Meany is and his role that he plays in not only John's life, but in the book as a whole. And kind of what James touched on with, I liked his his uh, his bringing in Signs, because I've always liked that movie. Of all of M. Night Shyamalan's movies, I really enjoyed Signs, watched that one the most, hands down. Mm. Okay, so how could you know just what you did? And then they repeat like all the rest, and then a repetition of how could you know just what you did. So full of faith, yet full of doubt. Now, John comments here that he does feel full of faith, but also has plenty of doubt in his faith as well. In the Spark Notes, there is a summary at the end that the the person putting this together that that is annotating these uh, these chapters does does explain that the book has the weaving in and out of religion and understanding religion and acceptance of religion and and just how it plays a part in different people's lives. So John is saying, "I feel so full of faith, yet so full of like." full of doubt. And I don't know what it is. It's like, am I waiting to see a proper miracle? These weird mm. things are happening. They're inexplicable. But are they necessarily something that shows that there's this higher power or there's a God out there that is making these things happen? Uh, and that ends verse one. So kind of getting a, a feel for where this, this uh, the what he's grabbing from this book. Uh, and so the chorus begins then with, I ask again. Now, this is really cool, actually, and I love that they did this, and they don't do it that often. I ask is uh, is kind of like a, a roll into the chorus, because the chorus almost feels like it starts at the word again. Um, again. Right. Because the, the I ask the is half. thrown in at the end of the first verse, and I just think that type of stuff is clever. Yeah. Uh, and that's another thing is I didn't know what the lyrics were until we did this one, just because those lyrics are so stretched out yes. in the song yeah. that it's hard. It's, it, I mean, I, I, I see them now reading them out or, or reading them visually. I can hear them now as they're being sung, but you're right. It's, it, there's so much uh, it's, it's so broken apart that you don't, when you read it, you don't really feel like that fits, but then right. when you hear, I ask again, and then we go into the chorus. Yep. So uh, I ask again, I shall ask you this once again, he said. And in quotes, it has, uh, I am but one small instrument. And this is Owen saying this in regard to being a small instrument for God. Now, in the very beginning of the book, we are presented with a uh, an event that Owen is part of that he doesn't understand what happens at that moment. And it's an unfortunate event. However, as the book goes on, you start to realize that Owen's wrestling with the fact is why do these things happen and 
Um, as he has other events in his life, he starts to see maybe my action that day had an impact that wasn't that something in the past caused that to happen. So he's starting to see these dominoes falling uh, and these things falling into place, and he doesn't really understand it yet, uh, but he feels like he is an instrument of God, like God is working through him to fulfill these final or or this this story that's been written mm-hmm. like there's a there's a there's a linear story that's been written and if somebody was to take that and rip a page out well how do you get back to that linear story and that's what he feels like he's in the middle of living and so that quote there is i am but one small instrument do you remember that and this is now john the narrator asking this about several different historic events that he references now the the way that this let me see here the synopsis here is this book tells the story of John Wheelwright and his best friend, Owen Meany, growing up together in a small New Hampshire town during the 1950s and 1960s. However, this is narrated um, by John Wheelwright from his perspective in the late 80s. So the the word diatribe is used a lot in regards to John's departure from the story and talking about Ronald Reagan's method Mm. of running the country. Okay, so this guy kind of goes on tangents about that as he's telling this story about him and Owen Meany in the past uh, and then coming back. And it's almost like if you're explaining a story to somebody and you go, oh, wait, but before I tell you that, I, I forgot to tell you this. Right. So there are different. It's not even the telling of this story. The narration of it isn't that linear. It's going back from current events in this uh, in this uh, narrator's time period of him telling it to these events that may be linear in the past or may have just jumped around a little bit. So what we're saying here is you remember that as they're referring back to that moment in the past where um, do you recall that moment that we brought up or this or just referring back to a, a moment in history, simply enough. Okay, and then we go into verse two. Time and time again, you said, in quotes, don't be afraid. Now, Owen says this to John over and over is don't be afraid. Mm. And... As we re- as as we get to see the kind of character that Owen Meany is, he's a very unique person, and I guess I, in this verse we can talk about it. Owen Meany is a referred to as a as a dwarf sized person, very small, very frail, but wow. his skin is described as um, luminescent, like he's got this weird glow about him, but he also has this very odd way of speaking where it sounds like he's talking out of his nose like very nasally and very loud all of the words that he says in the book are in all caps that's that goes to show you which which lines are his obviously but Mm -hmm. it also gives you an idea of how he's speaking and when he speaks and this maybe this lends to why he's such a good performer and so uh, draws such close attention is that the way that he speaks is it, it it demands focus and He's this kind of person that has these, you, you would look at someone like that and you go, oh, how sad. Yet he's confident. He is uh, he is somebody who is, he's, he's a leader in, in some ways. And he's got these notions and motives that you don't really understand. It's kind of like, this guy is so different that I, I can't help but appreciate him. And so he is saying, don't be afraid to John and kind of giving John this uh uh, kind of like a like let me pick you up let me give you this pat on the shoulder it's not that bad let's let's work on this um and then the next line is what this what sydney refers to as a personal catchphrase of owens is if you believe then you can do it 
And this applies to many things throughout the book, particularly the shot. Now, the shot is in quotes with a capital T and a capital S, the shot. Owen wakes up one day and realizes, uh, I've got to practice this thing called the shot, and I need your help, John. And what it is, is it's effectively like an alley-oop, but because Owen is so small, he needs John to pick him up and lift him up to the basket to, mm-hmm. to throw the ball in. Now, they, for over the course of years and in summer breaks, whenever they have a moment, they work on this shot to get it faster and faster, from 13 seconds to 12, down to 11, down to 9 seconds, and they think they can't go any faster. Then they're down to 7 you know, and they go to like, we can do this in four seconds. And for months, they're sitting there. We can, the best we can do is five seconds to get the shot down. Oh, and I, we can't do this. Uh, but he keeps repeating, if you believe, then you can do it. And so sure enough, um, one day they figure out how to do it in, in four seconds. And it sounds like an odd thing, but if you have, if you've seen signs, you can kind of gather where this is going. Um, and then the end of this verse is the only voice I want to hear is yours. Now, Owen, like I had said, had a very unusual voice. And a doctor that looked at it, I think it was a laryngologist or um, a, a, a throat doctor, said your voice is stuck in a permanent scream. Like your voice box is stuck in a permanent scream. So even though you're talking at a normal volume, it sounds like your voice wants to scream it out. Now, this is where I can't really, it, it's hard for me not to give away. But let's just say this is John saying, um, the only voice I want to hear is yours. Let's say he can't he can no longer hear Owen's voice. That's such a it was such an impactful voice, so unique and so memorable that that's all he wants to hear now. Like he can't hear it anymore. And that's the only voice he wants to hear. I don't want to hear my wife's voice. I don't want to hear my my sibling's voice. I want to hear your voice. And it's wild because like t- technology today, it makes things so much easier right. just to like, let's say there's people that it's weird hearing Steve Jobs talk or seeing him because like yeah. he's been gone for so Ten long. Ten years almost now. Yeah. But but with technology, you can just bring up a video on YouTube like that, like snap and, and have ear earbuds in and just feel like he's speaking to you. And so where this takes place, uh, and in this moment, I believe this is in um when John says this, this is about uh, the Vietnam era. So that that time. Mm-hmm. So they don't have technology to be able to, maybe they have, you could recorded voice, but uh, nothing as easy as we have nowadays. Then we have the chorus again. So yeah, I am but one small instrument. Do you remember that? Now these last three lines here in this final verse, uh, it it concludes the song, it, it closes it, and it also refers to the end of the book. So I don't know if Jim had taken these only because I didn't mark where these were pulled from, if, if this was chronologically pulled, but... These last few lines are essentially from the end toward the end of the book. Now, so here I am above palm trees, so straight and tall. This is one of the lyrics that uh, I know personally that I remember the whole palm trees, so straight and tall. Yeah. Those seven seven words there um, are above palm trees, so straight and tall. Uh, this is Owen talking about his vision and how there are palm trees, so straight and tall in that vision. And there are those palm trees at uh, at sky harbor airport in uh, phoenix arizona which is where the that that time period of being in vietnam takes place not the narration part of it but just where um this this last little meeting of owen and uh and john takes place mm. now you are smaller getting smaller again i'm getting into a point where i can't really hold things back but let's just say that uh this is owen saying that you're smaller, getting smaller, talking to John directly. 
Now, this could be a view from Owen going up into heaven and looking down at John and saying, hey, you're getting smaller. You're getting smaller, but I still see you. Or this could be somebody in a plane. And I get that maybe this is where they had that uh, that thought of Jim's wife or girlfriend leaving right. on a plane. You, I can get that, too. When you're looking out there, you know, for the first uh, few minutes while you're taking off, you're trying to see what what's still visible. Can I see my house uh, from in, here? <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? There's that pool that I remember going, you know, whatever it is. doesn't matter. But you try to make sense of what you're seeing. So it can go both ways. It could be John being seen uh, from somebody ascending. It could be somebody reflecting on these events that happened in Phoenix and then taking off on a plane and, and just looking back and saying, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm leaving this Yeah, leaving it race. all behind. Yep. Um, and then the very final line, I think, works on two, two very uh, important levels. And there were no annotations for this, so this is my thought on here, but I still see you. And, and which continues from you're smaller, getting smaller, but I still see you. If this is from Owen's perspective, is like it could be his ascension and still being able to see you, but I still see you, but I still see you until that moment when they're out of view or they can no longer be heard that, you know, I can see you, I can still see you. They're out of earshot. It could be that, or it could just essentially be that the presence is still there. Like I, you're getting smaller. In fact, I can't even see you anymore, but you're still there. I still see you. Because your presence will never go away. Mm-hmm. You've made such an impact on my life that uh, that you're gonna you're gonna be part of my being for all of eternity. If this is if this is in in the afterlife or if this is in my living world, but whatever, like I still see you. So I think that's a very beautiful line for Jim to pick. That he's gonna we're gonna end goodbye Sky Harbor on, and then we go into and that's just the first couple of minutes of the song, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's three minutes into it, and then the next thirteen minutes is just this twinkly beautiful guitars and and building up again yeah of so thanks for humoring me with that i know that was a lot for so few lyrics there was a lot that i gathered from it with going through the spark notes um i don't know if i missed anything but no what i did i i had made a uh a note of on genius somebody notated the entire song as a whole um so i thought i would read a little bit of that uh, okay. which is Goodbye Scar Harbor is based on the novel A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving, with some of the lyrics being direct quotes from the novel. Sky Harbor International Airport serves Phoenix, Arizona, the home state of Jimmy Eat World. The classic fade at the end of the song has led many to consider if one of the, if it's one of the most important emo tracks of all time. As written in Rolling Stone's 40 Greatest Emo Albums of All Time rankings... The hypnotic 16-minute finale, Goodbye Sky Harbor, eventually made Clarity a cult classic. If that's not recognition enough, on Untitled, the closer the closer from Knuckle Puck's debut album, Copacetic, an eerily similar type of fade is deployed as a nod to Jimmy World, who is cited on their website as a special influence for that album. And then that made me dig into the song, the Knuckle Puck song's genius page and here's what Uh they had to say about that this is the highest form of respect you can hope to achieve as an artist the inspiration for this fade after a little searching can be tracked back to jimmy eat world from knuckle puck's website after a series of eps spent honing their sound knuckle puck approached the writing and recording of copacetic by studying albums close to their hearts classics like jimmy eat world's bleed american and motion city soundtracks commit this in memory although the track is not on bleed american the fade at the end of this album is without question a nod to jimmy eat world's classic clarity closer 
goodbye Sky Harbor, which is, uh, yeah, there, there that is. Uh, now, the whole 16-minute thing, I did look, I did want to look into that further, just to kind of corroborate the uh, what, what people were saying. Now, um, I am going to kind of jump into a, a community post here from Reddit that uh, says, goodbye Sky Harbor looping, uh, from lol jk but seriously uh <laughs> there you go eric six months ago when the band released clarity live way back when i became obsessed with the ending of goodbye sky harbor and watching the clarity phoenix sessions got me thinking about the looping section at the end again does anyone know what looper jim is using i love how the tempo slows way down at the close of the song yeah, i'm cool. curious as to what he's using right so they're all they're all talking about the bot and this is the one i don't have this the nice one i think i have a boss rc30 but the uh, i believe he used two rc50s on the clarity 10 tour um but ray found uh i have heard in a few interviews zach played the drums for something like 30 minutes to have them slow down sped up such that the pitch changes in addition to the tempo changes there was also something about the total length being effectively a full roll of tape that was 16 minutes or something um, I know less than zero about music production, so while I write these words, I don't really think it answers any of your questions. Now, I did want to look. Now, I can't. I thought it was like one-inch tape that you would use from reel to reel, but I just did. I did a simple Google search on reel to reel, sixteen minutes, and what came up was a, a Canadian website called Duplication.ca. Oh. Yeah, so a brand new capture nine fourteen audio tape for reel to reel recorders. This is quarter-inch tape at a length of 1,250 feet on a 7-inch plastic reel. Um, now, that has two separate settings. There's a 15 IPS, or 15 inches per second, and a 7.5 IPS, or inches per second. Yep. The 15 inches per second is 16 minutes, mm-hmm. which uh, if they're trying to run a whole tape, yeah, they're going to play that through um, to 16 minutes. I don't know. It was 16 minutes and 13 seconds. Uh, and there is a, a lot of that... Mark Trombino, like, it speeds up like they were saying where uh, Zach played a little bit slower or faster, uh, and then they slowed it down just to kind of make it interesting, or vice versa, where he played slower and they sped it up. Mm -hmm. But it is, like, it could very well be valid that they tried just to, let's play through a full tape. And I was trying to think, uh, I, I never didn't really get a good answer. Uh, you know, remember the four tracks? You played a four track. If you ever popped a four track in your, like a regular tape player, aside from it uh, running on, there's no A or B side. It's all, it's taking the whole tape width, but it plays, it records it much faster. So when you play it normal, mm. it sounds so I remember you had told slow. me about this. I never actually got to use a four track recorder because yeah. we just never had one accessible. And yeah, it, for some reason, it was easier for me to record it all to my computer one track at a time than it was ever for me to actually get a four-track recorder. Oh, yeah, and uh, and the reason I got mine was because my, my grandpa had the same Tascam uh, recorder. So when I went to Guitar Center out in, in Ventura mm. or Oxnard, I went and picked one up and, and used it for a, a couple of recordings. And in fact, um, Hear You Me was one of the recordings that I still have that I digitized on that. From that same Tascam. But I wanted to know, why does it record it so much faster? And I think it's just a matter of quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't find a a, a proper So I remember explanation. Mark Hoppus re- explaining the 15 uh, IPS. And he was like, you kids don't know what that means. It's basically like recording an HD versus SD. So it, 
that stands to reason that that's probably also why the tape ran faster on the four track recorder. Right. Is your right. Your wave form is going to travel across more tape and that therefore be far more right. uh, wide the band width than if you were to play the tape slower. What would you say? Seven you IPS. can only fit so much. Right. In every the wider you, know, you, f- you make those bands, the more fidelity there is there to the wave. You're, that's the key word there yeah. is the fidelity. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah, so that is a valid. It. Like if you if you have a pencil up on the wall, right, and you're drawing straight up and down, straight up and down. If you pull that paper really quickly across the wall, you're going to be able to see a nice curvy line. And if you pull that, uh, that, and you'll see every detail of that curvy line. If you pull that paper slowly, you're, it's almost like you're going to want to zoom in to see the same amount of fidelity. It's, it's, uh, it, it is, it's like HD versus SD. So there, that is a great analogy. Um, <laughs> Mr. Wizard over here. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, uh, I think there was a video of Mr. Wizard is a dick where he's just kind of like no. owning these kids for being dumb, like asking stupid yeah, questions. But did, they, but did they cut it? Oh, that yeah, way absolutely. Or... <laughs> absolutely. But it was really funny. <laughs> man, Mr. Wizard. Oh, man. Okay. Um, all right. Now, yeah, so that explains why it was, and it, it's, that's cool. So you were saying it was a nod. I didn't catch that. Um, it was Lagwagon that had the song um, Owen Meany. Mm-hmm. Was it Lagwagon, right? And it's a little bit different spelling. So the the book is titled M E A N Y, and the, their title is M E A N E Y. Right. Now um, I didn't catch what was the other the other band that had it. Um, Knuckle Puck did the uh, uh, Knuckle Puck had the song with the fade out. And the that Wonder was Years the nod to- was the other. Uh, well, Wonder Years just referenced Goodbye Sky Harbor, um, and so that wasn't in the '90s. But I think it was Lagwagon and Jimmy Eat World that were specifically in the '90s referencing this book, because both Knuckle Puck and uh, the Wonder Years are considered more modern pop punk bands. Right. I have this blurb from the. Uh, uh, Jim and Zach both did a track by track breakdown. Do you remember this? Uh, yeah, on uh, on the old archive website. So I'm going to copy, unless you have it handy. I'm going to give you Jim's blurb, and I'll read Zach's blurb while while you uh, wait for that arrival. Zach okay, says, "Go ahead." The most notable aspect of the song is its length. When we were mapping out how we would record the song. We decided the song would use up an entire whole reel of two-inch tape, which ended up being a little over 16 minutes long. We recorded the ending, the extended out. We recorded the ending, the extended outro, until the tape ran out, and then went back to construct the ending. It now has with the added vocal loops and a disco ending. Disco. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and. And Jim says, uh, the idea was to have it end up in a sonically different place, but still have some of the same melodies. Sky Harbor stayed more concept than song for a long time. We changed the drum sounds between the verse and chorus by having Zach play to a slowed down tape. That way, when it get played back at regular speed, it sounds higher pitched. The higher pitched kit comes in for the second chorus and sticks around until the end. 
Mark kept slowing down the tape until it ran out. I think Zach must have been playing that beat for almost half, almost a half hour as the record speed got slower and slower. You can hear one kit get higher and one get lower as the song goes on. Fleshing out the ending was the last thing we did. We started to mix the album in one studio, but got freaked out for some reason that we weren't getting as good a sound as we were in the tracking studio. One of the drawbacks to spending so much time recording was the roughs sounded almost like a record. We were packing up and Mark had me go into a vocal booth and go at it scatting ideas over the trance jam section. I just put a bunch of ideas down and we left. It wasn't until we were forced to mix Sky Harbor that Mark decided to arrange the ideas into the order they appear. The idea was to have it go by one phrase longer than you expected something new to come in and then have something new come in. Maybe it was the way the high kit was sounding at the end, almost like a drum and bass song that provided the idea to go electric sounding. The end drums aren't really machine drums. They are the hits from the high kit cut up and dropped in hand fills and all. Wow. Jeez, man, that was a lot to it. Yeah, right? And then uh, there are two more bites to it, but we've already touched it, where Zach talks about that it's based on a prayer for Owen Meany, and Jim talks about wanting to write a song about a book he was reading currently. Um, so yeah, that is from the track-by-track track breakdown that they did for the 10th anniversary of Clarity uh, way back in 2009 on their website. Um, I pulled the lyrics from the old 2001 website. There's nothing really to write home about. Uh, there's a typo. Is tomorrow just a day like all the rest? Unless that's oh, exactly just? how it's quoted in the book. Just. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, looking at this, I mean, things are in quotes and things like that. But for the most part, like. So it matches the genius. Yeah, uh, I was interested. Like, oh, did they put anything in all caps? So we know when Owen is speaking. But no. Um, no. There is a theory that it was written for Go Big Casino. Uh, and here's the blurb that I have. Atkins wrote some of the songs, including Table for Glasses and Goodbye Sky Harbor for the earlier side project. Um, and so uh, it's possible that he had the song in the back of his head as something he wanted to write based off of what he was reading. Uh, and it does seem very intimate in the sense of like the lyrics are lifted from the page. Um, right, right. And it makes it a little bit easier, it, more effective. And I and I see what James was getting at, where once it once it clicks with uh, it, that Jim picked out um, the lyrics for this song from direct quotes from the book. Uh, if you've read the book in its entirety, the people that I've talked to who have read the book said you got to read it. You have to just it's a good mm. it's, a, it's an American novel. It was written in 1989. I think it wasn't available on Libby because I was like, oh, I'm going to power yeah. through it. And it was just yeah. not available at my local library. Uh yeah, I'm I, I'm listening to a different audiobook right now. After that, I might be able to go through. I was it just wasn't going to work out for before this episode uh, recorded. Yeah, um, but it's one of those that it's it's been recommended to me enough times to where it's like I think this is worth spending all that time going through and reading the book. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, what I was saying was the, the fact that he pulled those lyrics out and put them in this, and you know what they mean, but books affect people differently and so the memories they have surrounding the book like it could have even been where you read the book or how it impacted you um i think one of the community posts said they were it clicked for them when they were actually at uh, sky harbor airport and they remember reading the book and it just like they were they had to pull over to the side of the road because they were overcome with emotion with just how I'll read the quote that they have, but just how um, how life can uh, just slap you across the face and you don't even mm. get it. Uh, so anyway, this is all to say that 
Jim did a good job. I mean, I don't know how how picky he was with these with the the lines, but for me, right. it, it's a very effective choice of lyrics. <laughs> Absolutely. I think they're I, I it definitely does though feel like the type of thing where you like I want to pull all these lines and then how do I fit them into the meter of the song? Yep. Yeah. And that's why we have that interesting chorus like you had described where yeah. it just kind of falls into it. Um there's a Wikipedia blurb which is you know the thing that everybody can see but I'll just Go over it. I'm sure we're going to hear about Oamini. The closing track, Goodbye Sky Harbor, lasts for 16 minutes and 11 seconds, starting as an up-tempo piece and eventually shifting to a long section of dream pop that incorporates layers of electric guitars, vocal loops, a drum machine, and bells. The instruments fade out, being replaced with layered vocals that are then joined by percussion and glockenspiel. The lyric, Ooh. I am but one small instrument, is heard throughout the song. Atkins said they enjoyed playing the track's main guitar riff and used the whole tape uh for it throughout the sessions they continued adding stuff and adding stuff and it just got really ridiculous and it was basically because we could atkins (laughs) said that he always wanted to work the books he was reading into his lyrics so yeah that's the wikipedia blurb now i did come across a uh like an adjacent reference to goodbye sky harbor uh, from the brooklyn vegan uh, and this was a an article titled uh, Bleed American Turns 20, A Look Back on Jimmy Eat World's Great Big American Rock Record. So they do talk about Bleed American, but they, they give a little nod to the GSH here. So for all the talk of Bleed American being the simplistic reaction to the experimental clarity, there are some clarity-esque moments on it as well. There is a polished-up version of Cautioners, which originally appeared on the Jebediah split, that finds the band continuing down the atmospheric cerebral path of Bleed American's now classic predecessor. And album closer, My Sundown may be closer to six minutes than 16, but like Clarity Closer, mm-hmm. Goodbye Sky Harbor, it closes the album with a somber, slow-burning, long goodbye. It's a beautiful song, and for an album that started out turned up to 11, hearing it fade away like this works to great effect. So you reutilizing that, uh, that fade out, not nearly as big as 16 minutes, but still. Yeah. Nice uh, there are three songs which utilize the dual drum kit effect uh, that they have on Goodbye Sky Harbor. Do you remember the other two songs on Clarity that use two drum kits? Oh boy, on Clarity, uh, can I can I look at the songs real quick? Give me a sec. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, c- c- well, okay. On Clarity, is Table for Glasses one of them? It is not. <sighs> okay. Well, then I give up. That that would be it. That'd be. Eh, I would be lost. So. <laughs> So you got Lucky Denverment and Yeah. And let's continue some drum talk. This is one of my favorite bits. I don't know. I remember seeing Zach tweet this. This is December 22nd, 2015. I'm being asked what the time signature is for the verses of Goodbye Sky Harbor. Uh, it's goodbye two words. Um, and I have no idea. Any music theorists want to clear it up? So I did uh, ask Paul, and maybe we'll insert it here if he can get us the uh, information. But uh, I specifically asked Paul because of that tweet about the song. And uh, here's here's what I got from the text messages <laughs> from Paul the, thus far um, before uh, before we play his audio, if we have it. He says, OK, goodbye, Sky Harbor is confusing laugh cry face really neat and interesting first part and then minutes and minutes of nothing i said haha or 
everything. And he asks, <laughs> what do I like about it? I said, I love that it vibes out and then it becomes a postal service song. It's such a flex. The reason it's so long is because they want to, I tell him about the tape. He says, I also enjoyed the different sections to be sure. But yeah, that makes more sense. The sections could have all fit in less than five minutes. I would have liked to see more experimentation in that long vibey part. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was so far paul's uh take on it but if he has audio that he wants to talk about the uh time signature and thing like that uh we can lean into it let's see what the uh the responses on twitter say can i can i can i quiz you real quick oh please yeah (laughs) okay this is i'm dipping my toe again into the community ahead of time here this was from uh what is the time signature of the song goodbye sky harbor by jimmy world five years ago by mashing lumpkins and the scruple is the top responder well i asked zach lind the drummer for jimmy world this was different from the person that you had just referred to correct uh i think so yeah i mean well he just says i'm being asked okay okay that's what i thought now um i'm gonna ask you it's gonna be very specific the scruple asks zach uh hey zach saw a question pop up on reddit what time signature do you play the verses of goodbye sky harbor in what do you think david is zach's response i have no idea (laughs) <laughs> i would give you the point it's it's no idea yeah all lowercase yeah, yeah, with the period yep. no yeah. idea classic zach classic zach answer classic zach yes so yeah you win you win a million points now here's an interesting uh answer and i wonder if paul came to this resolution i, th- I may have asked paul this a while ago and this sounds right uh this is mike harvat uh, February 21st of this year. Hi, I'm here five years later to answer the question since I couldn't find any explanations I liked. Technically, it's just 4-4, but the accents are wonky. As a drummer, it might be easier to think of it this way. One measure of 3-4, two measures of 4-4, one measure of 5-4, and repeat. So yeah. that's what Mike Harvitt suggests. Uh, that made the, the most signature. sense because when I went through and if you go like, let's say you play it, you can count one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And in the the measure starts over again right on time. But like you're describing is the way the accents are off. That was the best description, which, yeah, it does. It does end up being four, four. Um, but we're not doing math. I mean, we're doing three. Then what was it? Was it three, five, four? It goes uh, three, four, 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 five, four. Okay. So it's like one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. That's how the song kind of goes. Um, which is fucking cool, especially when you play it into a groove and you're like, I don't fucking know. And just you feel it. (laughs) Exactly. That makes me feel like where I'm not a musician, where it's like, well, I'm not feeling anything like that. I'm feeling it (laughs) just four, four. (laughs) Yeah, right. You got to feel it in your bones. That's what Zach's Zach feels it every time. No idea. I just play it, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Miles Wernts, the one true Miles, uh, asked Zach, uh, revisited some old Jimmy Eat World today. What are your favorite five songs to drum? And Zach answers, Goodbye Sky Harbor, Cautioners, Evidence, Your New Aesthetic, and Disintegration. Those are some good choices, for sure. Ooh, Disintegration's good. Yeah, man. Even Cautioners. 
because he's got that uh that open hi-hat and or symbol grab in there which is cool so we figured out the time signature i think so we'll see if paul agrees and he may have yeah. if he submitted audio we've already played it <laughs> <laughs> it's been decided yeah <laughs> do you remember at the beginning of covid when everybody was uh talking about what songs that people should uh wash their hands to Oh yeah, yes I do. And there were like, there were all the uh, the fun little graphics uh, with the hand washing with the lyrics underneath these thing. Uh, Jimmy World tweeted this was March 9th, twenty twenty, so four days before everything shut down here in L.A. Our best hand washing song is "Goodbye Sky Harbor," <laughs> <laughs> which would be great. And Charles Miller, who I wanted to get on this episode, I just don't think we're going to be able to get him interviewed and up with this episode uh but charles miller designs all the poster art uh in is it etsy where all those posters are uh yeah Um, yeah he has a poster per song on clarity and we still have more clarity songs so maybe we'll get charles on that we'll get him he he responds with or without the live heavy part um which we'll talk about in a little bit they don't always play it all the way through they hardly ever do there's a live heavy part that they get on um and uh and so yeah um and that is something I wanted to point out, which is topical. Um, you got any other uh, notes? Um, I'm looking at something. It's just, I, I have it, I have it noted, notated here. Skate vid, um, and wanted to get your commentary. Ooh. We can. Do you want to test this out? Now, can you give me some commentary on some skating? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm gonna put this and watch together, and I want to see if you can do the same thing you did with the the biking the other day, which was like yeah freaking impressive for me so this is uh victor nestorenko and it's only a couple of minutes we'll, we'll play a little bit of this but they uh have goodbye sky harbor playing in the background let's see if you know these moves see how good of a skater he is okay it's older footage so i might be able to keep up he's definitely got like a little a little rail right there here we go okay ollie up the three step Coming out. All right, does a little ollie over the little railing there. Okay, classic. Oh, kickflip over the board on its side. Yep. Nice little ollie. Kickflip down the three stair. Over some brick steps. Okay. Oh, snap. Kickflip off the ledge. Oh, ollie manual across the three stair. Oh, there's a little fun box. Okay, a little front side board slide right there. And uh, I, I assume that was a kickflip. Oh, snap. Ollie over the planter. That was tight. Big little like melon grab in the crosswalk. Oh, a little ride down to a manual. Ollie, manual. Oh, he tapped a little bit, but that's okay. Down the two stair. In the water, his bearings are shot. A little uh, crosswalk kickflip, love it. Oh, there's a little five stair. Oh, oh. A little wipe out at the end of the five stair kickflip. Okay, made a little kicker ramp and a little melon grab there. Big setup for it. Oh, a varial flip. Okay. Oh, snap. Okay, that was like kind of like a kickflip underflip. Okay, there's a little six stair ollie. I think he might have broke his board. Okay, one foot manual. Look how fat his Osiris's are. That's so cool. This is a pretty good one foot manual. Wow. All right. All right, here we go. Ah, standard kickflip. Love it. Oh, you got the two boards stacked on top of each other. That guy ollied over both of them. Okay. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> okay, we'll stop, we'll stop. He looks oh my injured. God. What the hell? 
R.I.P. He All died right. actually after that. <laughs> he did like a I, little I, revert, but he he fell harder <laughs> than he fell going down the sixth stair. I don't know if it paused on the same frame as uh, he looks he, dead. He looks dead. <laughs> I love it. I love his aesthetic. Uh, He's I don't got know, the baggy David, jeans. I, I'm assuming the chunky shoes are just out of frame. The double row studded belt. The, the, I, I, for, I forgot about Osiris's. I always thought it was what what were all the shoes? DVS's. Etnies? DVS. Uh, yeah, this is very much my uh, my 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 uh, generation of skateboarding for sure. Yeah, uh, equally as impressed as I was was with the uh, BMX man. Wow. <laughs> oh, good. I was worried that people were going to be doing inward heel flips and shit, but <laughs> <laughs> the kickflip underflip was pretty impressive. That was a good uh, little part of that video. I'm, I'm impressed. Color me impressed. Okay. Uh, that was all I had for notes, man. Oh, okay. I've, I've got a few more. Okay, go ahead. In 2009, when they were coming up on the 20-year anniversary, January 26th, we're currently in a brainstorming session on how to do the full version of Goodbye Sky Harbor for the Clarity Tour. Gonna be tricky. So they teased it. They thought they might do it. Um, what else? Oh, that guy did. <laughs> 2010 ah here we go here's a tease of jim's loop pedals uh, uh september 13th 2010 jim setting up his loop station for full live version of goodbye sky harbor and there is a twit pick link oh, let me yeah. send this to you justin so we can you you can see if, if yeah what you what you oh that's the wrong person <laughs> uh paul just got that link <laughs> oh <laughs> classic classic paul all right let me open this twit pick link okay cool i definitely see an old apple cinema display old 17 oh inch macbook pro this is a classic instagram filter and i see the xylophone i do not see any pedal boards no so. uh you can barely see it down in the bottom right there's there's some lit up that's some leds and some mm, knobs yeah, but, underneath but yeah really. there's no branding or anything you can't no. see but yeah Love that Apple Cinema display. It was like a 22 oh inch right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With that ADC connector. I remember I got an ADC to DVI connector. It was like a hundred bucks. But uh, Susie had found the Apple Cinema display. It was a 30 inch on the street, just on Cherokee and Hollywood. So she brought it home. And uh, I was like, well, I'll spend a hundred dollars for the adapter and see if it works or not. Because my 17 inch MacBook Pro had DVI out. And, uh, Sure enough, I was able to go DVI to ADC. Sick. Use that 30-inch cinema display. <laughs> I had that 30-inch <laughs> cinema display most of the time we lived in Hollywood, and I had it even here uh, for a while. And now look at you, man. Now you're at like uh, oh, yeah, now I'm... ultra high D res- retina. <laughs> <laughs> Classic high D. <laughs> yeah. um, this is unfortunate, and if anybody has this, I should have reached out on the Discord. March 9th, 2010, check out the satanic version of Goodbye Sky Harbor. And it goes to a tiny URL to a YouTube page that is no longer, or a YouTube link that no longer exists. So I really wish I knew what it was, and I wish we could play it. Yeah. Um, is it just slowed down? Is it a cover? I, I just don't know. Do you know of like a Wayback Machine of YouTube videos? Let me see if I can do a quick uh, search on it. If you have Here's another... the link. Hit me with that. Nope. Yeah, I'm not downloading any software. Oh, coward. Yeah. <laughs> well, shoot. No, I, I guess there's no way to, to find those old links. Not easily, at least. I hope somebody has it. Maybe we can reach out on the Discord and see if anyone can uh, 
knows of it, or maybe it can give us a lead on where we can, who we can ask. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. You're weak. Uh, so I went ahead and tweeted a picture of our guy just laying there on the ground after his little failed revert attempt. <laughs> Dead. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's terrible. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grace. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I'm going to look up this uh, twit.fm, this old twit.fm link, and... Uh, and see what kind of interactions they had when they posted this song. And I can get March 21st, 2009. I can get the snapshot. Twit.fm. Not a single comment. Well, no. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Let's check in April if there was anything. Nope. Well, no one wanted, no, no one could touch that fire. It was too fire. Too fire. Too fire uh song facts was there anything interesting in song facts jimmy eat world lead singer jim atkins wrote the song on a plane as he was taking off he kept looking at his girlfriend who was outside that seems like, like what is she on the wing of the plane right <laughs> just looking at her outside and there she is there's something on the wing oh my. <laughs> i uh i you know what's funny is i feel like i grew up on twilight zone love twilight zone and i was very familiar with that episode but for some reason i really resonated with the john lithgow version from the movie and um and so uh i feel like there was a good chunk of like i mean hindsight's 2020 it was probably like one year but it was like a formative enough year that i very much remembered thinking that was much scarier but now i think i appreciate the original william shatner version um here's some more uh song facts takes sky harbor is the airport in Phoenix, Arizona. Hence the lyrics, you are smaller, getting smaller, but I still see you written as he was looking at his girlfriend while taking off. <laughs> the song was inspired Again. by John Irving's sprawling 1989 book, A Prayer for Owen Meany. The novel tells the story of John Wheelwright and his best friend Owen Meany growing up together in small New England town during the 1950s and 60s. Um, and the song runs 1613 with a 13-minute fade-out. This led to rumors that the length of the song was the time needed to reach cruising altitude in a plane, but the real story is the band just wanted to use up an entire reel of two-inch recording tape, which ended up being that length. Um, so, Oh, and that was song facts, excuse me. This is song meetings. Um, and uh, there were a couple, these are the top three song meanings uh, posts. Uh, this is from Kielbasa. The quotes Ooh, are from yeah. John Irving's A Prayer for Owen Meany. The song is about Owen Meany and the end of the book, which takes place at Sky Harbor Airport in Arizona. Read the book. You won't be disappointed. Uh, Nacho Punk says, This song hasn't gotten as much praise as it deserves. This is an amazing song from an amazing album and uh, from a really amazing band. The length of it may cause some people to turn it down at first, but if you give it a chance, you'll be swept away. I always sing along with the instrumentals. Such a great song. This song is not long enough. This is definitely one of Jimmy Eat World's best songs. <laughs> and uh, it's funny. Uh, I said earlier, I was like, oh, I'm not going to even read the community sections because some people are going to say it's too long. Some people are going to say it's not long enough. And uh, I didn't even have to open one uh, thing. But here I am <laughs> on yeah. song meanings, finding that exact comment, essentially. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, fate works both ways. 
says, this song has no specific meaning. It means whatever it means to you as the listener. I think it is amazingly beautiful music. When I go home to California, I listen to this song and also listen uh, to For Me This Is Heaven while sitting above at beach at dusk. It's really the only way for me to appreciate the music fully because when you're looking at something beautiful while listening to something beautiful, you just feel beautiful and yeah. like your life is not insignificant. Man, I love this yeah. song. <laughs> Man, I love this song. Yeah. That is, uh, those are the top three from song meanings, uh, posts from song meanings. Uh, here was something interesting. Uh, they were in a blurb about the album invented get alternative.com mentions goodbye sky harbor for a band who is consistently turned in epics of all statures whether they're running out of tape on the ambient outro of clarity's goodbye sky harbor or they're filling the room with perfect rock and roll diary entries on 23 or dizzy invented still stands out as perhaps their most unexpected and creative i'll be the judge of that <laughs> Uh, Alt Press had a blurb. According to Scott Heisel, who we've talked about many a time oh, yeah, on this many pod, times. like Weezer's Pinkerton before it, the album has gone on to serve as the birthplace of Emo's third wave. He cited Goodbye Sky Harbor as a track that is frequently imitated but never duplicated, proving it's far better to test your own limits than rely on the parameters of others, which is the exact reason why Clarity resonates with tens of thousands of people a decade later. Adobe.com has a blurb. Jimmy Eat Adobe? World. Adobe? Adobe? It's like I-D-O-B-I. Oh, I thought you said Adobe, like the oh, creative Oh, that's funny, suite? yeah. I, I, what's what? funny is I said Adobe, <laughs> and I guess that's how, that's how I would sp- pronounce I-D-O-B-I. Right. But right. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jimmy Eat World are the undisputed kings of epic song endings in fact i'm fairly confident that we could host a tuesday 10 on the coolest jimmy eat world endings and still have trouble narrowing down the list but the incredible 13 minute close of goodbye sky harbor taken from the band's most expansive album to date 1999's clarity easily wins the title of my favorite personal favorite song ending of all time the song flows effortlessly from the first three minutes which sound like your average 90s era jimmy track into the beginnings of the end what begins with sparse and simple guitar build ever so gradually slowly adding layers until you're so completely lost in the music that you have no idea where the past 10 minutes have gone eventually the instrumentals fade and the song settles into a gentle gentle layered vocal before being rejoined by percussion synth and the dancing notes of a glockenspiel for its stunning (laughs) finale throughout its 16 minute duration there is one constant the line, I am but one small instrument, made incredibly powerful by the layers of music building around it. The glimpse of Jim Adkins' voice may be one small instrument, but it comes together with every other tiny element of the song to become something absolutely beautiful. This is not just a song. It's an immersive listening experience. Dive in, says Eleanor Grace for Adobe.com. Not Adobe. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, I, were, I. Yeah, go ahead, please. I did have uh, an anecdote here from, oh. uh, that I did want to mention toward the beginning of this. Uh, my earliest memory of this song was, I, I, I think I've mentioned this in in one way or another in other episodes. Is Eric growing up was uh, 
the I, I was the Weezer guy. He was the Jimmy World guy. And one afternoon, we got together at his mom's place, and he was playing drums, and uh, and I was I brought my guitar. Now we couldn't play for very long because the, I think the condo that they lived in it was a shared wall, and so oh. we we could only play for like maybe an hour or so. But we were just jamming out in his room, having a good old time. And he says, "Hey, let's just kind of riff on some stuff, and we'll play the song for as long as we can." There's this uh, really long Jimmy World song that's like, and then that's he said cool, 16 minutes. Yeah. I'm sorry, I thought, I thought you said it was 16 what? minutes long. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to jam for that? I mean, I and I thought I, I hadn't heard it at that point. He had shared with me Static Prevail, so I had heard that. Yeah. And Tom, I didn't, I wasn't uh, privy to Jim in uh, in Clarity at that point, but I do remember that uh, that was my earliest introduction into like Clarity as far as. Like wow, this this album has sixteen a sixteen minute track on it, and now look at me, you know, it's like I listen to it uh, working, uh, <laughs> working all the time. Um, so anyway, I did I did want to share that little anecdote. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely, I love that. I love that you have that memory. I I'm trying to think when did I first fall in love with that song, and I I just don't know. I don't and know. And I want to say it took me a while to fall in love with it. Like, I didn't really oh, appreciate sure, yeah. it until... Oh, sure, yeah. I yeah. Hear right? it, I guess. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't, I don't hearing recall. it, I thought, this is very interesting. And it was so different going from the first three minutes of it sounding like a regular song to then you have to go, oh, no, it's just Twinkly's for a while. But then you hear Jim's vocals going, na da 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 Yeah. And then they layer. And then it comes back. Then you really get to appreciate it. Yeah. I, I just remember how much hype there was around them doing it completely in 2009. I don't recall the song before that at all. Um, like, I don't, yeah, I, I just don't remember. Um, there were a couple people that asked about it when Jimmy Eat World did it, Ask Me Anything on Reddit. This was a long yeah. time ago. Did you see these? No, I didn't. So this is eight years ago Jimmy Eat World did a, uh, an AMA on Reddit. Let me find the uh, date. June 6th. 2013 um and here are the goodbye sky harbor questions and i've referenced it's so funny in a hundred episodes i don't think i've referenced the ama more than once maybe twice um yeah. uh, i guess people just had other things they needed to ask about so the dude 37 says hi band i have some questions about goodbye sky harbor when the song was first written, was the 13-minute coda part of the writing process, or did that evolve during recording? I guess the better way to phrase it would be, did you intend for there to be an extended coda when the song was written, and was the intention to make it 13 minutes, or did that just kind of happen? Overdubs. Whose idea was it to do the vocal parts of the coda? When the instruments fade out, we're left with those little vocal snippets. Where did that come from? And uh, We Are Jimmy Eat World says, The ending was never really solid. We knew where we wanted to end up, and we wanted it to be different than how it began. We went into the studio and used up an entire reel of tape, and it just sort of happened. With the overdubs, Mark Trombino and I laid down that part of the song last minute in the mixing process. So that is what Jim had to say about that. There is a second from Hardly irrelevant who we've talked about before hey arizona guy here i was so sad i missed you guys at casa grand because i had class i would love you guys to come to tucson sometime 
I just wanted to say that I love how your style has evolved so much since Static Prevails, and each album is something new. The song Invented is one of my favorites of all time, and the second song I ever learned on the guitar. I'm still waiting to get uh, but hands my hands on damage, but here's my question. Will you ever make a song similar to Goodbye Sky Harbor again? It's very unique, not only in its length, obviously, but in its musical style more than anything, and where the inspiration comes from, too. Thanks for everything you've done, and your music has really helped me. And Jimmy World says, we're not sure we'll ever do a song like that again. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> um, and they haven't done anything that long, but I think Congratulations has like some cool building elements yeah. like that. Past the Baby kind of you know starts one place, ends up another place. So maybe. Um, let's take a look at the Charles Miller poster. I'll send you a link. Oh, yeah. I want to see what this. Let me guess what this would be. Uh, does it have some sort of palm tree illusion in it? Oh, I think you could insinuate that. Sure. Because I know his are very minimalist, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. So minimalist Swiss style poster designed and printed by the Evening Commute in Nashville, Tennessee, USA, inspired by Jimmy E. World's 1995 album. It was 95. Clarity. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, it's twenty five U.S. or twenty five fifty six Australian dollars. Uh, and just to describe it to people, it, it's uh, it's different shades of looks kind of like a greenish blue. But the there are a bunch of squares. It's seven by about ten, and uh, they look kind. They remind me of the uh, the bricks in Super Mario. <laughs> oh yeah totally uh, yeah Miriam. it's like the highlight is on the top uh, yeah, yeah left it looks part like of the brick the underworld the of, yeah super mario brothers is, yeah. yeah and uh let's take a look i've got lots of lots of notes this is where i this is where i shined i won't uh yeah. torture everyone with covers and uh and and stuff this week you will but i will, I will. that's my <laughs> that's my business <laughs> here's what jason tate had to say in his liner notes from february 13th of this year last night i watched jimmy eat world's clarity performance and once again it just confirmed for me that this is my favorite band and i adore everything they do they sounded incredible and the album holds up perfectly it pulls me back to such a specific time in my life last year of high school early college and laying on my bed staring at the ceiling painted with little glow in the dark plastic stars oh, getting yeah. lost in these songs they continued to mean so much to me and after a year like we just had it was a memorable evening getting to experience them in this new way now i adored the new version of blister and of course goodbye sky harbor was special says jason tate in his liner notes weekly newsletter that you can sign up for at chorus.fm Clarity Matrix Runout 1999 Press. So this is sort of interesting. I found this on Discogs. The Matrix uh, on a vinyl is the bit of vinyl between the center sticker that has okay. the artwork and the track listing and the grooves on the on the record. And usually there is a hand scribed note there. On tons really? of records have the stuff. Sometimes it's an inside joke. Sometimes it's just uh, like data for the pressing plant and all that stuff. So there was an interesting jewel, uh, matrix run out on the 1999 version of the pressing for this record. And on the A side, uh, it says, do you want jewels, madam? Where everything's in all caps except for the do 
is both lowercase and the D in madam is lowercase. Then side B says, I am Gomez, all caps, RM plus CV, uh, all caps. And uh, side C etched in all caps. This is Dirk Funk, mister. And on side (laughs) D, put my cleat to your lip, C-L-E-E-T, all caps. So that is what is on the matrix uh, <laughs> of the vinyl copies of Clarity from 1999. That is wild. So strange. There's usually never anything of note on uh, on the records, which is why we've never really talked about it. But that was so weird. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. Like, uh, let me take one of these. Uh, like, this is such a specific line. This is Dirk Funk Mister. Let me copy that, paste that into the Google machine. What does that come up with? Jimmy Eat World Clarity, marble Is that the gray cleat, vinyl. The cleat line? <laughs> no, I was gonna look up that one too. But yeah, just uh, just a bunch of stuff from Discogs and uh, stuff. But yeah, let's put my cleat on your lip. This is like when uh, you're watching a live stream of you know girl playing video games and people just keep saying bobs. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, nothing, nothing, just, uh, right? Yeah. How strange. So, what a weird thing. I don't right. have a first pressing of uh, Clarity, or else I would go and look at it myself and say, oh, yes, I see it here. Um, but uh, I am too lazy to check <laughs> uh, if there's a picture uh, of the Matrix. My guess is that it is. there is a photograph of it. All right, there are three blurbs from Consequence of Sound. This is oh, okay. the website that goes back and did the retrospective of all the albums and how Jimmy Eat World is it, all that stuff. So the first is the longest track at 1613. Goodbye Sky Harbor isn't just the longest track on this album. It's the longest in their entire repertoire by a full eight minutes and 44 seconds. Consequence of Sound blurb number two. Lots of small ideas. The lyrics on Goodbye Sky Harbor are inspired by John Irving's novel A Prayer for Owen Meany, said Adkins. Anthrax always had Stephen King's song. I thought, why not try uh, going with something I was reading? There's also a rumor that the song's length is exact amount of time it takes to reach cruising altitude from liftoff when leaving (laughs) Arizona Sky Harbor Airport. The band always said they just wanted to use up all the tape on the reel. It's just a neat theory. And finally, for 13 minutes, 10 seconds, the fade out of Goodbye Sky Harbor is completely worth listening to all the way through from subtle drum shifts to the big payoff around 1345 that sounds like the Postal Service a mere two years before Tamborello and Gibbard even got together. So those are the three consequence of sound blurbs. And I love that somebody else made the Postal Service uh, link. Right. Uh, the th- uh, This is Stitches and Grooves. Uh, oh, they, yes. I love Stitches and Grooves. This this is a vinyl collector to the nth degree. Um, has all kinds of fun, interesting tidbits of the vinyl world. The third pressing also features the bonus tracks Christmas Card and Sweetness demo, which were not found on the first pressing, but are on the second pressing of Clarity. The track listing between the second and third pressings Regarding the bonus track is different, however, as on the second pressing, they uh, as they are featured before the final track on the studio album and how it appears on vinyl. Goodbye, Sky Harbor. So to clarify, 
Christmas Card and Sweetness Demo in order appear before Goodbye Sky Harbor, which is the final track on the record. On the third pressing, the studio album concludes before the record uh, gets into the two bonus tracks. Uh, so Goodbye Sky Harbor comes in before the bonus tracks, Christmas Card and Sweetness Demo. On the third pressing, Sweetness Demo is the final track. So all kinds of stuff about the track list for that. And uh, finally, in my notes, I went to the Wayback Machine and saw that they used to have fake yellow light Bill and Martin's uh, tabs for this song on their old website. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to, uh, you know, looking at it, I'm like, okay, I guess I can see, but <laughs> I'm not sight reading tabs, I guess. I'm just like, I know it goes up, and I see they went down. Okay, that must be the right notes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, there it is. The nine of the seven. I always feel like I could rock so much harder in drop D. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, uh, let's let's real quick, since we're all done. Oh, <laughs> uh, Justin just sent me that. <laughs> that dead revert kid. kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and listen to the Clarity Demos version, a little bit of this, and uh, maybe we'll skip around a little bit, um, because uh, this week has just been so crazy, I did not listen to the demo version to see what the length was on it. All right. All right, here we go. This is only 5 minutes, 17 yeah. seconds, so yeah. not the full. No. Ooh, alt lyrics. forward man yeah yeah right you expect that harmony up there yeah harmony so much i love that they're not here right <laughs> girl you want to uh, jump ahead a little bit and see what's there yeah sure let's hear
Oh, it's so vibey, man. Yeah. I gotta take a gummy. Have you listened to this song, High? No. no. (laughs) Would it be too much? I don't think so, no. I mean, it'd be like uh, what Jason Tate said, where you just kind of get lost in the the, the fake little stars, glow-in-the-dark stars on your ceiling. Kind of keyboard there. Yeah. That's, is it the vibraphone or is that the glockenspiel? <laughs> it's a beat. Yeah. The... So no big ending. It doesn't sound well. Hold on. Let's see. Nope. Just the fade nope, out no. there. Okay. Still very cool. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. So lo-fi, like man. Yeah, man. Definitely. That was bedroom pop style. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Huge now. Um. Okay, uh, before we get into covers and community, uh, wow, I actually have a grip of live versions. Um, and uh, uh, before we get into live versions, then there's a band called Goodbye Sky Harbor. Did you see that? Oh, yes, with uh, with the old English spelling of that's Harbor, right, Harbor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, I, so I was like, oh, let's 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 play like like a little bit of one of their songs. Okay. Um, so I uh, just sent you the link now. Did you now? What gave you the? Uh, what you? How pick? did I choose? Yeah, how'd you choose? How did I choose? I don't think. I think I. Ju- oh yeah, I sent you the whole album. So my guess is, uh, play the leadoff song. You you there put the, okay. the the you dope know, song do. first, right? Right. Yeah. So here we go. This is gonna be the afterglow by uh, Goodbye Sky Harbor. Sorry on- for the afterglow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the album Tired Hearts. Absolutely. So, Paramore vibes. Definitely Paramore vibes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, I am mad at it. Um, now, this is something interesting. Hadoukens ingested. Did you see Hadoukens ingested, all caps? Uh, no. They have a song called Goodbye Skycake Harbor. Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, that came up in my Spotify as a result. Yeah. Oh? Yes. Um, so, uh, I, I, I did not listen to... Goodbye, Skycake Harbor. But let's take a let's take a a, a bar or two okay. of Hadouken's ingested. <laughs> 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 
Goodbye, Skype. Okay, doke. Okay, doke. All right, here we go. Gastric bypass chicks come get your thighs <laughs> What? On the street, you might see me eating live rats. To avoid stopping chats with cats, you'll keep walking, Jack. <laughs> what is Over this? Bitty sucking the belly in. Panties from 84. The pussy is Orwellian. Oh, boy. Scott King and Hellion. I rank an alien. I make him take a seat and pop belly in. Miraculous. I can make makers out of fresca. I used to make edible food out Vinny Testers. Fire out the lyrics with the rapid succession. Only five minutes, bitch. I need a rapid succession. Shit, I'm hearing from the churches. Empty and wrong. All these false cathedrals got me humming Elliot songs. Feel my flow is so hot. I get nervous around it? it. Protect your beat. Yeah. Uh, Did he taste- say he gets nervous around his own flow? <laughs> a tasteless blend of guitar music and hip hop. <laughs> I'm very, I mean, I, I'm always interested on in how people get certain sounds. Yeah. It was so clean. Yeah. 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 So Motley Jew on YouTube <laughs> has the oldest performance <laughs> from uh, March 25th, 1998. Uh-huh. Uh in, at the warehouse in Orlando, Florida, which is the oldest performance according to uh to Last FM. So I'm gonna paste this. Let's take a listen to how it sounded in So here we go. I'm just going to read off things. You let me know if you want to hear from them. This is a month later at Sudsy Malone's. This is a year later in Atlanta. This is in 2002. Tempe in 2006. Let's hear the middle. Let's let's do Tempe in 2006. Tempe in 2000. This is a fishy recording. from uh, very good quality. Yeah. Well, sometimes, right? Um, It usually has a fun story that goes along with it, but I'm sending you the link right now. This is October 19th. 2006. Oh, it's a song from a clarity record. It's called Goodbye, Sky Hunter. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
So we talked about the heavy outro, right? Right. Um, let's go to something that has a little bit more low end in it. Let's uh, let's try this. Uh, I'm trying to think. When was this iTunes session? This iTunes session probably sounds the best. And let's I just would agree. jump to the last quarter of it. Okay. And we can hear how when they don't play the song in full, which is very few and far between this will be the best representation of the heavy outro part compared to the dream pop techno <laughs> right i love this version okay here we go this is the last quarter you said yeah ish all right here we go so good so now let's listen to how they did it in 2009 we can i mean we don't have to listen to all of it <laughs> um but let's 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 listen to the last half okay. uh, not half i mean it's long because they performed it in full for clarity live um but uh but if we start at least halfway through we'll be like somewhere in the first third of the outro and we can okay. listen to it, you know, as it builds. But it's really right. cool. Here we go. So in this, we sort of touched on it, but Jim has a microphone and a loop pedal that he probably just hit right now. Yeah. And now he's laying down it. It's recording. It's playing back the loops that he's already recorded. And it's recording him doing the da 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 right there. And he's going to hit it again right here. Now he's recording a new vocal part into a microphone. His guitar is down because he's already looped. And he does it. It's really cool because when they do this song live now, he starts with a distorted acoustic guitar. And he's already recorded all the 
hits it again right there. Right, right, yeah. And he already recorded all the little parts that the acoustic guitar is doing, all the layers, and he set the guitar down. He's just standing there with a microphone and a loop pedal. Hit. So now that's just all the vocal loops going. I think we found a good part, because now Zach's going to come in. change the EQ on Rick's bass here because it really fills in the room. Here. Oh, yeah. And now Jim is there with the uh, little xylophone. Such a good mix of sounds. Yeah, a lot of growl on that bass, huh? articulate some knobs during this part so it is possible that he's like just completely like dialed up the delay and the repeat speed he just turned all the way down what a special show wow wow that was really cool to be in the room for that. And they even did a thing. What was the streaming platform? And I feel like we talked about it recently because we found a clip of it or something. Um, like Ustream.tv or something. They wrote, Oh, yeah. They, they live streamed them playing All of Clarity live. And I remember watching it at work. And it was really cool. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, that is That is 10 years ago now. I don't know where I got this from, but a little birdie told me this is a more recent <laughs> performance of this. And again, I think I, I think we chose a really good part because it had already built up for the most part. But maybe we'll play the last quarter of this um, so we can hear how it sounds more recently than, you know, 90 or 2009. So fair enough. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Last little quarter. So we heard it. I love the bass here. I am but one small 
mean, pretty freaking consistent. Yeah. Since it had been 12 years since they did it the first time. Standing there. Oh, I love it. Woo! Man. (laughs) Got it! So good. Some hotels do not have this floor. 13. This is number 13 on Jake T. O'Donnell's top 100 Jimmy World songs. Jim and Zach have said the band threw the kitchen sink into the recording process for Clarity because they never expected to get to make another record. The kitchen sink approach is best exemplified on Clarity's epic closer. Not only does it make not, not only does it not make any sense that the song ended up being so good, so memorable, and so successful, the song itself barely makes any sense. Yet, here it is. Goodbye Sky Harbor stands out as a relatively straightforward rocker with heavy guitars in the verses, quiet acoustic strums in the choruses, and lyrics based on John Irving's A Prayer for Owen Meany. The song begins to break down after nearly three minutes with Jim singing about flying above palm trees. I love that I can't even read the lyric without saying it with the inflection. Because I don't say, oh, look at those beautiful palm trees. That's like saying, oh, I, I can't wait to have turkey on Thanksgiving. Um, anyway. That's a digression. He didn't write all that part. The song begins to break down after nearly three minutes with Jim singing about flying above palm trees before breaking into a beautiful looping instrumental round. Then things start to get weird. Voices start jumping in from unexpected places. Organ notes appear. Guitar sounds fly in and out. It's a marvel of vocal layering in the recording process. Then, at about the 13-minute mark, things start to get really weird. The drums start up and eventually speed into a breakneck pace. Wait, are those marimba notes played backwards? Is that actually a human's voice? Then a veritable disco jam breaks out. The song is 16 freaking minutes long before it wraps to a finish. What a ride. What a song. Also, when doing Goodbye Sky Harbor live through the years, the band typically plays those first five minutes or so, does a ripping reprise of the chorus, and that's pretty much it. On the Clarity Times 10 tour, they did something very different, utilizing delays and layering technology to recreate a good chunk of the end of the recorded version of the track. What a treat that was to see, and one of my all-time favorite live performances of any song. Here they are doing it in New York a few days before I saw them, and he found a fan shot video of them doing it. But what a I love Jake T. O'Donnell. Yeah. Oh, um, man. And I, I have a couple other things from the community, but I'm going to just say I have no more from community. Okay. Um, all I had from the community, and maybe these were the things that you had, was uh, just the survivor results. I wanted to see how Not well even. it did. Okay, four years ago from Walking on a Wire, it ended up in third place, only to be bested oh. by Clarity, which is interesting. I I'm, I wasn't really a fan of uh, of the title track, Clarity, but um, it, I always it's forget what it me. sounds like. It's very, uh, it sounds to me very um, rough. Is it the one that starts like, chicka, 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 yes. okay. 
It goes like this. No, that's good. Back. Yeah. And I think it's the it's the little bass line and it goes right here, this little bit. Right, and it's just it it didn't click click with me. So I was surprised to see it at second place. And then uh, top top track is ten. Um, the other the last thing that I wanted to say with community from here. Jimmy <laughs> was Jimmy World. Uh, the subreddit was uh, a year ago from JG429. Song of the week was Goodbye Sky Harbor, submitted by On Brunch On Leaked. And Classic. the reason uh, was when I first listened to Clarity, this song was honestly a low point. It felt strange and out of place to me, which was saying something for an album with 122395 on it. It stayed that way until the first time I saw them perform it live. The verse was more or less the same as the album version, but the normally quiet chorus with Jim's distant vocals were turned on its head and turned into power chord driven emotional gut punch and the protracted outro was severely shortened for time constraints and driven by a distorted whining guitar i was floored by the change and it gave me a newfound appreciation for the song i was determined to go back and listen to the album version keeping the emotional power i saw them perform with in my mind it now feels to me like the perfect bookend to clarity with its themes wrapped up into a 16 minute epic oh yeah yes and then Tom Crow, this is by far one of the greatest songs ever. Not just best Jimmy songs. I mean, my all-time favorite. So a lot of lot of love for uh, Goodbye Sky Harbor in this thread. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I had to say for Community. Not a much. Not a lot. Of- no worries. So I do. I noticed that I do have a couple covers. There's only obviously one that we have to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but otherwise, uh, what do you got? I got, I got, let's listen to a little bit of a Nightcore. Just to oh, see how sick. that sounds. Yes. Okay. Is that Sphere Zealot? Uh, I believe so, yes. Sweet. Yep, this is them. Oh, what did I say? like the yeah. imagery they chose it looks like they grabbed uh like the stock image of stairway to heaven <laughs> <laughs> i realized what the 1329 meant too is yeah the the length that's the duration yeah i yeah. was like oh if they change it to nightcore how long is it and it's still 13 minutes long so sweet good pick right okay uh so do you want to start off with the uh, the good old holophonics oh yeah let's do it all right, right. Here we go to jump into holophonics, man. And oh, just to be noted, theirs is the exact same length, 16 oh, minutes and 13 sweet. seconds. So here we go. Is tomorrow just a day? 
I oh, love so the good. vibe, man. bit let's see here okay i i also wanted to check where they're from because i was like are they from overseas but no they are from texas even though i would have said they were from uh, long beach <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah uh, i hope they're from yeah anaheim or something yeah <laughs> all right so the last uh here's the last couple of minutes stabs in there. Sounds great. <laughs> so good. Always love the holophonics. I'm just gonna put that on in the car, right? Uh, anytime I'm feeling down, <laughs> I was vibing out over here, man. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, did you have another one that you wanted to play? Uh, not cute. Well, I'm interested in what this is. Um, okay. Oh no, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> I wrote, I don't know what's different. Somebody <laughs> remixed the song. Uh, okay. Yes, I have something. It's an instrumental by Solip System. Did you see Solip system? Solip. Yeah, I have that in there. So I wrote instrumental version. And I said, this is rad. I don't remember why. <laughs> so let me see. It's Solip system. And I'll pop that in here. This image, man. It's like the Yeah, it's, eagle, ha- eagle it's cursed. Yeah. <laughs> remember when everybody had a uh, yeah, the horse, horse head? head? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is very much my vibe because I'm already like... I really dug it. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just the bridge part, essentially. Uh, mine says loopy. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a cool one. All right. This is like a pop song. Oh, how, why do I? Why have I heard this before? Because we've done other ones from them. Oh, okay. So this is Goodbye Sky Harbor, like a pop song. Hey! You, uh, why do you say that? <laughs> like a pop song. Oh, okay. Hey. Because I have in my notes... Uh, here, sounds like piebald around a minute and a half. Oh, and, <laughs> and it, hey, you're part of it. <laughs> you're part you of it. <laughs> <laughs> you're part of it. Thumbnail reminds me of E.T. Doesn't it? Yeah. When the sun is setting on Halloween. Go through to the piebald pie, pie comment. Let's see. You can already kind of hear it. It also reminds me of Local H. Yeah. Down to the floor. It's the again the harmony and the two yeah. those two beats, You're man. You're part that, of it. Uh, <laughs> but damn, this is such a good song. Okay, yeah. uh, that was great. Ooh, uh, Seamus in all caps. Seamus, 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 come on, Seamus, sing me that song, Maggie. Uh, we got a hurt <laughs> man here. <laughs> My comment: Great harmonies, sounds clean. I said I like the acoustic tone. Oh yeah. This sounds like um, the spill canvas.
it's I, so watch it's such a good listen movie. to this spill canvas song that it sounds like right. to me all right we've we've played this song on the pod before i think oh yeah we have yes yeah I feel like he was hitting these same chords. <laughs> so good. Anyway. Seamus. Seamus. Hi, Seamus. Oh, yeah. Neat Pearson. Got a couple more. Sick. I don't have Neat Pearson. What's Neat? What's uh, Neat's... Uh... Neat Pearson. That my notes. Local Johnstown, Pennsylvania band. So good. Oh. So they're a local Johnstown, PA band. Let's see how they. they Classic. come in on the time and time <laughs> it seems like you're ready and then there's oh there's there's a yeah. one more like quarter measure of a guitar exactly yeah it's not even a full measure <laughs> yeah there's that fight that five eight that shows up or five four yeah <laughs> okay time uh, and time again, do you have no monument on soundcloud yes i do oh I wrote, yeah yeah i wrote medley I have yeah with seven e's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Let's listen to these guys. <laughs> no monument.
Sounds like they came in a little early. It still works. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, I got Kidiotech A. We've done Kidiotech A. I thought so, right? Kidioteca. Kidioteca. Yeah, very much uh, probably a fan of the, uh, let's see. Um, what am I thinking of? Idiotech. Idiot. Oh, yeah, that's what uh, Google wants to uh, correct it to. Yeah. I have no note. Bed spread is like grandma's. Doesn't that bedspread though remind you of like grandma's house? Like you go spend the night over at her place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and Kidio it smells Tech like a. the cabinet because it has it's it was oh, sitting in there for yeah. like five years. Mothballs, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a fan of Radiohead there. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. I got. Uh, let's do two more. Do three more. This is tinted glass sky. Okay. Well, yeah, I have them. Yeah, what you got I that write? one. I wrote. I got... <laughs> sounded okay. Okay, and it's, it's funny when when you put something like this. I love this, and on mine it's like meh. Like the, on this one, I have here the bass. This rips. Oh, <laughs> so like Check I said, here the bass, man. This rips. Here the bass, someone. got an interesting voice yeah totally what a nice little arrangement the chorus work was great yeah uh yeah i, I didn't hear the bass rip like i heard before though <laughs> 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 uh 
Uh, I've got a guitar instrumental. Only sounds really good. Let's do this. Oh, is it Bronze Cat? It is Bronze Cat. Oh, I, I wrote that. I think there's a banjo in there. Is there? Okay, I thought this was very fitting for a wedding. Mm. Very wedding-esque. Oh, man. Hey. What happened? Oh, it's, What'd it's they do? Because, oh, no, no, no. It's Bandcamp. I didn't even oh, see Oh, okay. And now I've left the room. So. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Shift apple tea. <laughs> well, I just, I don't want to stop this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. leave the, I don't want to leave the room. <laughs> so. Uh, Mike Rowe has a podcast, and uh, while we don't line up politically, I love Mike Rowe. He reminds me a lot of my dad, and I like his voice, and I like his shows, and all that stuff. So uh, he has a podcast dedicated to the memory of Paul Harvey and carrying the torch of what Paul Harvey used to do on the radio, which was tell you a short little story that has a surprise twist ending that you did not see coming because it's about somebody you didn't realize or something like that. And uh, anyway, Mike Rowe did an episode about a Trump, a tuba player that was late to a session. And uh, essentially it's uh, he he runs inside and he uh, I I forget how the story goes. But in the story that he tells, you find out the tuba player that is famous for doing uh, the Jaws sound for John Williams is the same tuba player that plays the Price is Right losing sound. Bum, 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 bum. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Isn't that, that cool? That is cool. I, I heard one episode of his, and it, what is it called? Uh, that's the way I heard it, or that's how? The way I heard it, yeah. Uh-huh. The way I heard it. Yeah, about uh, Van Halen. Very, very good one. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, there's one about, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's hard to say, oh, there's one about, and then you just know who it's about. Right. Very, yeah. uh, not, I would say 90% of the people you very much have heard of. Yeah, still Mel interesting Brooks is to in listen there. To, Rod Serling is in there. Uh, yeah, really good episodes. Right, and it's, and it's hard. To, there's no way to spoil it other than saying like put put these oh no 10, yeah. 10 and it's fun because he, he's a great writer and yeah. he drops hints. So when you know who it is at the end, you could go back and listen again. Right, and uh, yeah. and get caught up. So anyway. Yes. That is that. Were you able to rejoin the room? I, and I, I, yeah, I don't think I ever left that. But again, oh. I, I don't know if the, <laughs> it never left that. It, it was like thinking for so long that I hit stop. So yeah. Um, but you know, anyway, I'm in Bandcamp camp now. So oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Bandcamp land. Bronzecat.bandcamp. Here we go. Cover songs. Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. You're right. When they're talking about Wes- Wesley. Yeah. Princess Bride. kissing book. <laughs> I will never love again. My sweet Wesley. I love it. So oh, good. Man. Yeah, that's it's so, very enjoyable. A hundred percent based on the name. But you're a music guy, so I want to ask you. Have you heard the song Kiss Me More by Doja Cat? No. It's 
so good, Justin. From the musicianship of this song is so good. I want to know how to hear more songs that sound like this. So take a listen. It's 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 a little bit like like a study beats to chill to, but uh-huh. more of a pop version of that. It's so good. Check out this. It, only because it's Doja Cat, and that was Boja Cat or whatever. Who the hell? They got a whole music video, huh? Yeah. Come on. See, it sounds like bedroom chill beats the study to or whatever. Yeah. I want to like live in this song. Susie showed it to me. I was like, what is this? This is great. Not appropriate for the kids, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm digging this. I've never seen this video, so I'm like... music There's, that song is so damn good i wish i knew how to listen to more songs like that uh anyway sorry that was because that no. sounded like bronze cat and that was doja cat okay um here let me do one last thing there's one Please. last uh just to bring it back down back to goodbye skyward that was thank you for that that was uh enjoyable i was thinking maybe the video isn't for the kids but the lyrics sound okay and then it gets to that other <laughs> There is a clean version. There is a clean version on Apple Music, so I'm assuming there's a clean version on Spotify. Okay. <laughs> you just have to search for the... At least, I don't know how you search for clean on uh, Spotify. Oh, yeah. But if you search for the name of the song, then you'll see all the versions right. of that song, as opposed to... You can't just search Doja Cat and find the clean version. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, this is uh, Bomentum uh, from Hit the Rock Bottom album and this is uh this is goodbye sky harbor man (laughs) my notes on this says see notes it's like 10 people on this
I think I miss mispronounced that. I I said hit the rock bottom. It's hit the rock button, which goes oh with, right. Uh, my notes on this was bit, like they're channeling Davy Havoc. I loved it. Oh it yeah, for so sure. I don't know congruent there. I hear it for sure. Yeah, that's what I got for covers, man. I tried to run this through Rave DJ, and Rave <laughs> DJ just was like, "No, this is yeah. the, this this too long." So. Uh-huh. I was not successful. I wanted to mix it with all kinds of things, and yeah, I, I was unsuccessful. I was hoping maybe you had better news, but it sounds like no. No, I don't, and maybe that's a good thing that this probably. song should remain untouched in its <laughs> in its state. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I probably put, tried to put it with like District Sleeps Alone or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song "Goodbye Sky Harbor"? Um, over the last 20 or so years, having listened to this song, uh, fallen more and more in love with it with each different version that I've heard. The shorter ones, the full length ones, the different, even these covers, man, it's just the appreciation for this song and how different it was. And then also finding out what it meant lyrically struck a chord with me. And then also how uh, influential this was in the rock scene, in the emo scene, in uh, the music scene in that in the late 90s is just this this is like such a big track for me i love it um you know and going in from that comment from eric of it being like 16 minutes and 13 seconds going kind of gulping and going wow really that long <laughs> to now it's like yes keep it going so yeah it's a big one what about you man i concur i, I think this is the type of song that fans of the band know casual fans have no idea and I think this is one of very few songs that I would say, no, you have to listen to this if you want to go down this rabbit hole. Because yeah. I think it, it it comprises so many eras of the band. You can hear notes of 555, not literal notes, but you know what I mean? Like a, a, a wine tasting type note yeah. of 555 <laughs> in this. And, uh, and they've done things like this since if you dig into other things like we mentioned earlier, Congratulations and Pass the Baby where song starts one place goes another place and um i i think they paved the way for bands like uh, uh postal service and um and th- them obviously postal service influenced so many other people um but i i just don't even understand where like how do you get influenced to do something like that like they thought it just sounded like techno but it was like more of that. It was more than that. And it was like, uh, I don't know, just such a creative spark of yeah. energy that created this perfect sound for this perfect record. So I think this is the type of song that like a casual fan of the band would probably listen to this episode and say, what is this song? <laughs> um, but it's really like one of those songs you have to kind of go and listen yeah. to. So. Um, uh, yeah, without any further ado, I wanted to thank everybody for listening to uh, us for the last hundred episodes and, uh, let's, let's do a a hundred ish more. Heck yeah. Um, (laughs) And, uh, thank you to everyone who came out to Applesby and, uh, everyone who left a voicemail, uh, well wishes on our social medias and things like that. We really appreciate it. It is nice to be, uh, there for the community. Um, Yeah. And uh, still, after 100 episodes, the only Jimmy World podcast that there is. So um, thanks for not oversaturating the market. Uh, But if you do, trust that I will be excellent because we should all be excellent to each other.
and party on, dudes!